30 films, 6 monsters and counting, and a wrap-up to end all wrap-ups, it's the Universal Series Blowout. Mafia, wake up, wake up. You have created a monster and it will destroy you. Was a monster mash, monster mash. It See, I think the monster, monster mash, mash is a great name. I probably, <laughs> I, we probably should have went with the the Universal series Monster Mash for this one. Uh, yeah, that is a great name. I, I've got to give it to you. But in honor of a new baby on Team MVM, I think mm. Blowout is appropriate. It definitely and, is. He had he had two of them today, so it's even better. <laughs> and it goes back to our roots a little bit. <laughs> It does. It's that callback for all those callback. true. And I'm not talking about our roots as babies. I'm talking about our roots on MVM. Uh huh. I mean, it's technically everybody's roots. That blowout. Think about it. We all started by pooping our pants. <laughs> when, when you feel divided from anybody else for whatever reason, whether they don't like Alien or Predator or some political mm-hmm. reason, just remember. They were pooping their pants at one time, just like you. It is the common denominator. We all poop our pants, and we all die at the end. <laughs> I mean, we didn't have to bring that last part. I mean, some of us won't. Some of us will upload our consciousness, our consciousness into an AI, and so then our death will be debatable. But <laughs> yeah, keep keep telling yourself that you progressivist you. <laughs> I won't be uploading. I don't think I'll be uploading. I'll be the one chanting like. This is the end of days. Good stuff. Well, I am excited, Alex, for this recap episode. It's been a while since we've done a recap episode, honestly. It really is. And this has been a series because it's been 30 films plus a couple extra on MVM Plus. We had a couple silent films that I reviewed. And then we also had the Spanish Dracula um, that we reviewed. So there's like 33 films in this thing. And in the middle of it, Literally right smack dab in the middle, we put in our Jurassic Park series. Mm. Um, I have a student who comes in to school every day, and I'm I'm standing there at the front of the school, and he's on his phone watching something related to Jurassic Park every day. Today it was Jurassic Park three. Oh wow, that's cool! I like that kid already. <laughs> yeah. um, he's got he's, a, awesome. he's got his priorities right. Um, and and, you, and no, some people may have heard you say thirty thirty and been like, "Well, I don't remember that Spanish Dracula review." Well, that's over at MVM Plus, everybody. So go mm. on over there, be a patron. We've got three mm. of those thirty three episodes are patron exclusives where Eric dove true. into those movies. So yeah. if you want to go check out his uh, his uh, Hunchback review. Spanish Dracula and that other one he said that I can't remember. Oh, the original Phantom of the Opera. He did those over there. Uh, So check out that content. Patreon.com forward slash MVM pod. What a plug, Alex. (laughs) Look at you doing a plug this week. Yeah, boy. (laughs) (laughs) And that's our cue to transition. (laughs) Uh, All right, man. So the way we like to start these uh, recap episodes is just to 
discuss the series as a whole. Usually we have a question that we haven't discussed with each other that we like to ask each other uh, just to kind of get the, the, the conversation started. Do you have a question prepared for me, Alex? I do. I do. I, I just want to go yeah. ahead and get, you know, these are celebrations, right? These recaps mm-hmm. are celebrations. But mm-hmm. what, was the, what 30 movie series can you have without just a little bit of negativity? So let's go ahead and mm-hmm. get that out of the way, mm-hmm. you know. And I think you'll actually have a different answer than I would on this topic. But mm. if you had to eliminate one of these monster series oh. from existence wow. of the ones we watched, of the movies we've watched, not necessarily wow. like future iterations or anything like mm-hmm. that, but what would it be? What monster would you eliminate from the from the Universal Monster slate? Well, okay. My first immediate thought there was um, The Mummy. Okay. Uh, because I thought there's several mummy movies that we just, it felt like a slog as we were going through it. So my first thought was the mummy, but then as you kept on asking, I then turned my attention to the invisible man. Mm. Um, I, I don't think the invisible man necessarily fits into the reason I would say it is because there are a couple duds in invisible man. Like mm-hmm. we can agree. There are a couple serious duds, but also when, when I think about, Universal Monsters, the the Invisible Man feels slightly out of touch, right? Um, it's just slightly different. It's not quite in tune with the rest of them. It's the one that if you removed, I think you would see, um, you wouldn't see much of a difference with the other monsters, right? It's not quite as iconic. And maybe that's just me, but to me, it doesn't feel quite as iconic as some of our more visible monsters alex mm. uh mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah I, I'm, I'm curious what would you say about that one i knew you were going to go with invisible man i knew you would, i had a feeling exactly what happened would happen but i would go with the mummy uh it, I, there, there was a few high points for me with invisible man uh, there was a couple that i really enjoyed so i'm gonna give that one uh you know I'm gonna, that one's gonna escape the chopping block and mummy has gotten the axe I can get that. I, I it had to be one of those two for me. Um, there's no much, there's no question about that. So uh, I'm with you. Either one. I mean, I honestly I don't want to cut either one because of their highs, but some of their lows, I, I could do without. <laughs> <laughs> which which actually, you know, we we like to talk about and celebrate the the positives of these movies, Alex. But my question for you was also, I guess, a slightly negative bend. And it was, which of these films do you think is the most overrated? Oh. Oh. I don't know. (laughs) You're going to ruffle? In other words, how many feathers are you going to ruffle? Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And when you say overrated, you know, uh, just to explain to everybody, this is a movie that everyone puts as like the the best of the best and that's the one everybody talks about okay so just mm-hmm. okay i don't and one that i don't agree with just just to make it clear to the dear listeners that i just mm-hmm. because i'm saying something is overrated doesn't mean it's bad okay i just don't I think I know it's... what you're gonna go with <laughs> what, what do you think i'm gonna go with <laughs> you go ahead go ahead go ahead so i, I there's two i'll just go ahead and do two why not Dracula wow. and Frankenstein are mm. overrated. 
Well, I wasn't expecting Dracula, but I, that Frankenstein was my prediction. I think Dracula and Frankenstein are both overrated. I think that they are great movies. I think they're great starting points. I think they got some interesting things to say, but their sequels are superior and their sequels are talked about less, especially Dracula's sequel, Daughter of mm. Dracula. It's not talked about at all. And it deserves to be. Interesting. Um, and so that those are the two that I think are really overrated. I would also I know I know this is also gonna ruffle some feathers, but Creature of the Black Lagoon is another one for me that I think is a little overrated, mostly because again, I actually think the sequels are better. Um, but I don't think that these are bad movies by any stretch of the imagination. Hmm. Yeah. What about you? Uh, I I'm most on board with Dracula when in, in your assessment there. Dracula for me. Yeah, it's it's it, I, I like it a lot. Um but I I do think the one of one of its sequels is quite a bit superior to it. Um and I'm sure we'll we'll talk about that more in our rankings here in just a little bit. But I'll tell you this I do not feel the same way about Frankenstein and Creature from the Black Lagoon. I know you don't. By any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> uh, but that's okay. Um, I'm sure we'll get into that more when we do our rankings. Um, so who is your favorite universal monster at this point and why, Alex? Uh, you know what? And maybe it's just because it's the most recent one. I don't know. But I got to say Gilman is my favorite of the universal monsters his design is really awesome i love how much he changes from movie to movie you know i love what they did with with uh, especially walks among us they give him some really interesting storytelling potential that could be explored with other movies you know you, i could see a gilman movie coming out tomorrow and it'd be dealing with, you know, genetic manipulation and them, you know, altering this creature and doing this type of thing and just mm-hmm. tapping into these different things you can do with the creature. Now that we know that it's like highly adaptable, it's got this big history we don't know about and a big future we don't know about. And so I, I just think it has so much potential and the design is just really cool. And seeing how it works underwater is also like amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. What about you? A good choice. I like that choice. That wasn't even on my mind, though, when I was thinking about this one. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, for me, it's Frankenstein. Um, the mon- think Frank- Frankenstein's monster? Frankenstein's monster. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Frankenstein's monster, 100%. There's just something sympathetic about the character. There's that melancholy about the character. That we see in Frankenstein and The Bride of Frankenstein, especially, um, which are two of my favorite films of this entire series. Dracula is up there. I mean, those are my two favorite monsters. I mean, it's the most obvious ones, but they're also just, they're obvious because they're great. Um, So I love both of those monsters quite a bit. But Frankenstein just comes over Dracula in my eyes just because I see him as that sympathetic character. Whereas in the original Dracula, there are glimpses that could have made Dracula into a more sympathetic character. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, he is that pure villain. Um, 
And so I like him for that villainous aspect. But Frankenstein, on the other hand, is that more complex sort of gray area monster. And that's really one of the things that when the Universal Monster Series is at its best, it is tapping into those gray areas. So Frankenstein does that for me just about perfectly. Mm, okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think it's a good choice. I think he's versatile and all kinds of weird stuff happens with him at the end. Um, Not incredibly mobile, <laughs> but versatile. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, now, question four, Eric. What mm-hmm. are your most underrated films of the series and why should others, you know, give them a shot and some more love? Mm. Well, I think you're going to agree with me on some of these, Alex. I'm oh, sure. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, but I think you've got to go in a couple of directions. I think you got to look at Dracula's daughter, first mm. of all. Of course. As just potentially overlooked. Um, I think <laughs> I was. this is the most surprised that I was by you. So it's another good question. Is a film that I was surprised about your reaction to. Phantom of the Opera. Oh, um, yeah. And your reaction to that and how much you enjoyed it. The fact that you enjoyed it that much just tells me that others should be watching that movie. Um, well, it was a really interesting character study in that film. Um, and Alex hates musicals, but he enjoyed this one. So Fancy the Opera <laughs> is a great choice. Um, you know, thinking about our the creature movies that we just watched, Alex. Yeah. That last one, The Creature Walks Among Us actually has some really interesting ideas. Uh, Mm -hmm. I think maybe a couple, I think some people rank that one pretty low and and really are kind of hard on it. But uh, I I just, I think there's something there to that film. And speaking of ideas, I I think son of Frankenstein actually has some really interesting ideas. Uh, So there's, there's, even though I don't rate it super high, I, I think it's worth a look to explore some of the ideas in that one. So there's a whole bunch that you could recommend, but those are some of the ones that stand out to me. What about you? Uh, you know, I, I fall in the same line with you a little bit there. Uh, Dracula's Daughter is a big one. I think She-Wolf of London definitely needs mm. to be seen by everybody. Uh, you know, I, I agree with you, Phantom of the Opera. And then again, like you said, Creature Walks Among Us, uh, a lot of people disparage anything after the first Creature movie I've seen. Like, you know, diminish it. people say it's diminishing returns and that. And, I, you know, I wholeheartedly disagree, especially with Walks Among Us. I think it's got so many interesting ideas that I do think a lot of people should give it a shot. Um, and then the other interesting one is actually The Invisible Agent. I think that that's hmm. a really different movie, completely different setting from everything else. It does a <laughs> lot of a different fun different things. Movie. Yeah, yeah, it's so different and it's so unique. And I think a lot of people should check it out. Yeah, yeah, that's a good choice. Yeah, it's it's, it's very different. So if you're looking for um, something that is not your typical Universal monster, check out Invisible Agent. That's a good call. Yeah, boy. All right. <laughs> I said, what? I said, yeah, boy. <laughs> oh, man. There, once again, there's our transition uh, into our next <laughs> is that segment. The, is that the new transition for Oh, Andrew? gosh. I hope not. I hope not. Uh, <laughs> well, let's get into our awards. Our awards in these recaps, kind of the rule that we set for ourselves is that we can only use a film 
once. We try not to do runner-ups, but sometimes that happens. Um, whenever we just love something so much that it's hard to choose. Um, but really, we, we're trying to look for something that stood out. We could have used that award either before in our series. We probably did use it before, but something that has stuck with us over time. And so these are our awards for the Universal Series as a whole. So Alex, as always, let's start with you. Compelling Character Award for the Universal Series. Uh, yeah, I think the Compelling Character Award for me goes to Aunt Martha from She-Wolf of London. What a awesome character. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Random a, choice. But yes. Yeah. <laughs> she She's just so diabolical. I absolutely mm-hmm. love it. The reveal is just so good. She's just... <laughs> She's just heinous. Like the things that she has done off screen that have been talked about are just worse than anything else. I think any of our other creatures have done. And so it's just so interesting that I think maybe our most villainous and evil character is this lady, Aunt Martha. Mm. Yeah, no, that's a good choice. (laughs) (laughs) I'll tell you when I was thinking about this award, I'm thinking about compelling characters. I'm like, well, I want to steer away from a monster, actually, um, because we just talked about our favorite universal monsters. I knew we'd talk about that. So I was trying to think of a compelling human character in one of these films. And so this is kind of a cheat because it is the monster, but it's also the human behind the monster. And it's Larry Talbot. Um, Wolfman, right? Mm. Uh Larry Talbot, we we just see him take on so many different like roles, and we I, I told you I love Frankenstein uh, because of that sympathetic monster. Well, Larry Talbot is the sympathetic human, um, and I know some people think he's over the top. Some people have issues with that performance. Launch, and we don't have. There's some people that are not Lon Chaney Jr. fans, and I get all that, but Larry Talbot. There's a lot to like, especially that mustache. Gotta mm, love that mustache. You gotta Even though maybe that wasn't Larry Talbot. Was that Larry Talbot? Or is that just Lon Chaney? They're interchangeable <laughs> in my mind. <laughs> fair. It's fair. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, what about your most memorable line award? My most memorable line came from uh, Dracula's daughter. And it was just something that stuck with me. It was the final line of that movie. And it was, it said, she was beautiful when she died a hundred years ago. And it's just, it's just one of those lines that it feels very universal. Um, it's, it's slightly witty. It slightly, it slightly like draws us in with its kind of reflections of the past. It's got that bit of melancholy in it as well that I've mentioned. I really like that line. She was beautiful when she died a hundred years ago. Mm, yeah. What about you? It's good. It's a little similar to mine. Mine is actually Larry Talbot from um, <laughs> uh, Frankenstein Meets the Wolfman. And it's actually mm. a line you gave the award to. He says, oh. I guess I'll keep on living. There's no hope for me to die. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, oh sad sack, line. Larry. He's so great. <laughs> I love it. He's so great. <laughs> <laughs> that is great. I love it's that. Just, the more miserable, the better for him. <laughs> <laughs> What about you can't believe the acting award? I got to give it to uh, Margaret Churchill as Janet Blake and Dr- Dracula's daughter. Mm. Mm-hmm. She's very talented. 
But I, like, what what really impressed me about her was her ability with her acting to really make her chemistry with our protagonist click very quickly. She's very mm. playful and really fun, and so she just sold me on the role immediately. And so when things happen to her in the movie when she's kidnapped, like there's actual stakes there. Uh, an issue we've had in this Universal Monster series is an issue of stakes, an issue of uh, maybe it mattering when someone dies, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And we're worried about her because she is so charming. She is so memorable that we just don't want anything to happen to her. So I got to give it to her. Nice. That was a great choice. Uh, what about you? Well, for me, there was only one option <laughs> when thinking about the Camp Lee, the acting well, Only one. Uh, a performance so standout oh, that no. an entire fan club could be built around this performance. And it has to go to Una O'Connor. No. In The Invisible Man. No. No. <laughs> he did it to spite me. Yeah. Oh, look. When it comes to stand out, can't believe that acting performances, Alex. <laughs> Una O'Connor takes the cake. It's just as simple as that. Oh right? my god! You cannot argue that it is a can't believe that acting performance. Um, I now, <laughs> I will say, <laughs> I will say, I've got a runner-up to Una O'Connor, <laughs> and that runner-up. Might just be Bella Lugosi. <laughs> oh, okay. But it is a runner-up. So for my runner-up, Bella Lugosi, <laughs> I'm going to go with him. But I'll tell you this, Alex. It's actually not for the role of Dracula. It's actually for the role of Igor. Oh, um, plot which, twist. Plot twist. Um, <laughs> Uno Connor, Bella Lugosi, but not Dracula. It's Igor. Igor, Igor, or Igor as the Frankenstein's monster, Igor. Oh, the plot thickens. No, it's just Igor. (laughs) Just Igor, Igor. Because honestly, what a a diabolical performance. You chose uh, another uh, villain as your compelling character. Well, I want to choose this this performance of a villain from Bela Lugosi. I think is definitely a standout. So. Of course, Dracula's great, uh, and there are other um, actors that I could have chose in this role, but Bela Lugosi as Igor is, some, is someone that really stands out to me. Yeah, he's he's, he's great in everything. Yeah. A, little, a little lesser as Frankenstein's monster compared to Maybe so. Karloff, yeah. but, you know, that's not fair. True, true. <laughs> what about your Oh, That's a Good Shot Award? This is one of our first shots in our series. Mm. As Dracula standing on the stairs in his castle. Great, great shot. Great oh, shot. It's so yeah. memorable. Iconic, and just, it's iconic. iconic. I thought right? of it. That was my first thought. Yeah. And then you were like, that was basic. I'm not going to do that. No, then I thought <laughs> Alex is going to choose that one. So I'll choose another. Because <laughs> Alex is basic. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, fair enough. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> Oh, what about you, Eric? What do you think? Uh, mine's pretty basic, too, if I'm being honest. It is the sort of the end scene of Bride of Frankenstein, where we have those giant electrical coils that come Ooh. down from the ceiling, and there's yeah. that awesome set piece. And it just feels like 
a German expressionist film towards the end of that, that movie. And I just love that entire sequence. It's something that stood out to me um, while we've watched this entire series. So it's got to be one of those shots. There are many shots in that sequence that I love, uh, but I love that entire sequence. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. so good. It's so it good. But you're right. It's also basic. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a unique award for our Universal Series, Alex? Yeah, I've got a Most Improved Monster Award. Mm. And this I goes like to the Gilman. Oh, there you I go. I think he got, even though his suit is the best in the first movie, I think he gets more interesting with each movie. Mm. And so, since he is so interesting in the third movie... Way to go, Gilman. You just, you earned it. I will piggyback off of your unique award, Alex, and I'll go ahead and tell you who I would choose for that award. Oh, okay. I would choose Wolfman because... Okay, yes. Because we start, actually, Universal had an attempt, Werewolf of London, oh, at a yeah. Wolfman character, but then the Wolfman just gets better, right? Like, the Wolfman actually... <laughs> doesn't really take off until the Wolfman. It was like a false start. And then we had to jump back in and kind of get a new storyline going. So I was excited about uh, <laughs> the Wolfman. Though we'll say, if you haven't listened to our thoughts on the end of the Werewolf of London, go back and listen to that. <laughs> that was a highlight for me. <laughs> Some of the, oh. the thoughts about uh, th- those entire relationships. <laughs> you remember this now, Alex? Yes. <laughs> It's really good. It is pretty funny. Uh, so go back, listen to that one if you've forgotten it or haven't listened to it yet. Go watch that movie <laughs> or don't <laughs> and go watch uh, or go listen to our Werewolf of London episode because it's a fun one. <laughs> my unique award, it. yeah, my unique award was most versatile performer. I would just be remiss. I wanted to fit this one in to the can't believe the acting, but. Una O'Connor took the award, but (laughs) (laughs) I have to talk about Boris Karloff somewhere, right? So my most versatile performer has to go to Boris Karloff. Um, It is in House of Frankenstein, I believe it is, where he plays that mad scientist that is just right from the very beginning. He's insane. And you're like, this is the best Boris Karloff performance that we've seen. And we've seen him as Frankenstein. Um, and so as Frankenstein's monster, sorry, as Frankenstein's monster, we've seen him. So Boris Karloff is just an absolute beast, uh, both as the monster, as that scientist, and in a couple other roles that we saw him in throughout this series. So he's got to be my most versatile performer. Mm, yeah, I, it's true. I forgot all about that mad scientist role. He is so good. He's great. He's so He's good great. in that one. <laughs> oh, man. Um, all right, man. So now we get into our rankings. And for our ranking, Alex, we'll just do um, – we'll just my, – my, I added in my uh, three extra films, but we'll just do the 30 films that are in our box set collection, if that's all right with you. Yeah, since uh, I haven't seen those other three, that would be yeah. good. <laughs> we'll just do <laughs> that, uh, and that will be fine. Um, so let's do this in sets of five. So we'll start from the beginning and we'll start with your number 30 film and move up from there. Starting with 30 going to 26. What are your first films, Alex? Okay. 
For at 30, I've got Abbott and Costello meet the Invisible Man. Uh, at 29, I've got the Invisible Man's Revenge. At 28, The Mummy's Hand. At 27, Abbott and Costello meet the Mummy. And then 26, The Mummy's Curse. Mm. Mm. Pretty close. Oh, okay. Close. Okay. Um, I have got my number 30 is Abbott and Costello meet the mummy. Mm-hmm. My number 29 is the invisible man's revenge. My number 28 is the mummy's hand. My number 27 is Abbott and Costello meet the invisible man. And my number 26 is the mummy's curse. So what now, I'm doing right now is I'm pulling up your list next to mine. <laughs> and triangulating. <There> triangulating. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I, honestly, there's not. I don't think we're going to come to a consensus on these, Alex. No. I'm not expecting us to today um, like we did with Godzilla. But It's funny that you and me both had Invisible Man's Revenge at the same place, second to last. That is interesting. <laughs> That's interesting. It was not, we just did not like that. No, it was so not good. Uh. It was rough. Very rough. Um, Okay. What about, (laughs) what about the next ones, Alex? Yeah, we don't need a consensus there, I guess, do we? Um, Not when we hate all the movies. (laughs) But I think, I think here's where we're going to start diverging quite a bit. Okay. Um, 25 for me is the mummy's ghost. Okay. 24 is werewolf of London. 23, The Mummy, 22, Son of Dracula, and 21, The Ghost of Frankenstein. Mm. So now we're starting to diverge a little bit here. Um, Because, yeah, I'm looking at yours. We got some similarities here. Um, But, yeah. I mean, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And that's okay. The I good think, thing is, is I've got all the almost all the mummy movies out of the way now, except for one. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I've got uh, Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein at twenty five. At twenty four, Revenge of the Creature. Twenty three, Werewolf of London. Twenty two, Invisible Agent. Twenty one, The Ghost of Frankenstein. Um, mm. Any of those stand out to you? Yeah, I mean the the one that I'm only slightly offended by. Uh, is Revenge of the Creature. Um, yeah, actually, like more yes. than Creature from the Black Lagoon, which I just don't understand still. <laughs> I, I'm surprised at that and Invisible Agent being mm-hmm. so low. Um, mm-hmm. But I understand. I mean, I, I get it, kind mm-hmm. of. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I get it, but not when I compare it to like The Mummy. And the mm. mummy's ghost on here. That mm. those are the two that are throwing me off with those. Um, I, I get that, but yeah, the Invisible Man for me. After that first movie, it kind of lost a lot of its charm for me. Um, oh, I get that. Yeah, get and that. as I said, that's the one that I would eliminate one hundred percent. So, uh, all right, I'll go my twenty through um, sixteen here. Okay. I've got the mummy's ghost at twenty. I've got the mummy down at nineteen. I've got Son of Dracula at eighteen. Son of Frankenstein at seventeen. The Invisible Woman 
at 16. And we're halfway through. Interesting. I don't think I'm surprised by any of these. Yeah. I, I think I, I would have put all those right about the same spot you're about to see. Uh, 20, well, 20, I've got uh, Abbott Costello meet Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. Um, 19, The Invisible Woman. 18, The Mummy's Tomb. Uh, 17, Son of Frankenstein. My exact spot. There you go. <laughs> 16, Creature from the Black Lagoon. And uh, are we doing 15? No, we're not doing 15. Mm-mm. So I would just say that's low. But what do you think is uh, low? Creature? Creature. Creature's low. Now, where did you have Abbott Costello? The, the, the good one? Yeah, the good one. Oh, you had it in your, <laughs> t- you had it in your first set. That's right. You had all yeah. of them in your first. Okay, well, that's fair. I had them that's all fair, in though. my bottom ten. No, it was it was. Uh, let's see, twenty five actually. Yeah, okay. <laughs> twenty five is Meet Frankenstein. Abbott and Costello Meet Frankenstein, which I think is the best of those. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so you're you're slightly offended by a uh, little man, creature, but that's it. That's yeah, it. yeah, but yeah. my creature. Uh, I'm going to be interested to see where your creature is, but Mm -hmm. why don't you go ahead and go next? And what I think we should do, Eric, Mm -hmm. is give a a top 10 out of our list. Come to a consensus of our top 10 together after we're, after we list our each list. Um, I've got house of Frankenstein at 15 house of Dracula at 14. The invisible man returns at 13 creature walks among us at 12 she Wolf of London at eleven. <gasps> mm. Okay. What about you? All right. Uh, we're, we're really diverging a lot right here. <laughs> this is where things are really changing. I think quite a bit. So uh, for me, um, fifteen is the Invisible Man Returns. Mm-hmm. Fourteen, House of Dracula. <laughs> Thirteen, The Wolf Man. Twelve, The Invisible Agent. Mm-hmm. 11 house of frankenstein mm. oh it's got it's gotten a little crazy here mm-hmm. oh man <laughs> wolfman is low i know I, I but remember i didn't i didn't love wolfman because i thought it was paced poorly i thought design wise yeah. it was great i thought our character was weird Is i actually that- didn't think lon cheney was a great wolfman until i mean he did good like ah, i'm turning to wolfman but i think he was so much better in the rest of the movies Hmm. I really do think Lon Chaney was a better Wolfman and all the other movies except for the Abbott and Costello. Um, uh, uh, the Wolfman just makes it made me think a lot. Like on the on the surface, I did, I wasn't quite as impressed as I wanted to be, but then as in the second viewing or second just thinking about oh, it yeah. in our episode, we just I thought we you're we, right. I thought we enjoyed it a whole lot more. You know. <laughs> yeah, you're, right, we'll you're, come back to it. We'll you're, come you're, back. To we'll it. come back to it because you're you're right. It there was a conversation there. There's a lot. There's a that lot to that. We dug movie. into a lot of it, and, mm. and and some of it came back to that performance and why the performance was the way that it was. If you remember, uh, right? But, but one of the things I was hung up on was how creepy he was. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. That, I concede that. Um, all right, my top ten. We're gonna go top ten. Okay. Okay. Ten. Frankenstein meets the Wolfman. Yeah, boy. <laughs> oh, jeez. Do we have to stop now? In the podcast now. Yeah, this is you're not supposed to do that. You are banned from doing that. 
from now on, please. Number nine, Dracula. Number eight, The Mummy's Tomb. Oh. The Mummy's Tomb, dude. The best mummy movie Definitely. in the Universal series. Definitely. Yes. Number seven, The Invisible Man. Number six, Phantom of the Opera. Number five, Dracula's Daughter. Number four, The Wolfman. Number three, Bride of Frankenstein. Number two, Creature from the Black Lagoon. Number one, Frankenstein. Our list was so different. (laughs) (laughs) But you do have a lot of these films in your top ten. Yes, I do. Because I I know, because you haven't listed them yet. So what do you have in your top ten? All right, ten, Frankenstein meets the Wolfman. There you go. Nine, Frankenstein. Eight, Dracula. Seven, The Invisible Man. Six, (laughs) Revenge of the Creature. Five, Creature Walks Among Us. Four, The Bride of Frankenstein. Three, Phantom of the Opera. Mm. Two, She-Wolf of London. And one, Dracula's Daughter. Wow. (laughs) Wow. I love that. That was great. That's great. What a list. What a list. So... I don't think we can come to a consensus. I, I'm not putting the energy into that. But <laughs> <laughs> Here's what I would say. Here's what I would say. I think it goes back to our conversation of, of films that might be overlooked that others need to watch. And you have Dracula's Daughter as number one. Oh, it's my um, favorite. And ever since I've, I saw it, it's been my favorite. Every movie I've watched, I've been like, it's good. Yeah. But yeah. Dracula's daughter. <laughs> so good. It is great. Bride of Frankenstein, I had at number three. You had at number four. Four. And you know what? You know, after you've mentioned something, I'm going to swap my Revenge of Creature with Wolfman. Mm. Yeah. I think there might be some recency bias in my mm-hmm. Revenge of Creature, but I do stand by my Creature Walks Among Us because I really do like that one. Okay. I think if we were to come up with a consensus top 10, though, I think a consensus top 10, and and not in order, Mm. I think Dracula's Daughter has to be in there. I think Bride of Frankenstein has to be in there. The Wolfman has to be in there. Phantom of the Opera. Mm -hmm. I think The Mummy's Tomb has to be in there. Where did I put Mummy's Tomb? Where did you put The Mummy's Tomb? Where's my mummy's tomb? I don't know. Uh, oh, there I put it at eighteen. That's low. That is that's your highest rated mummy movie. That's my highest rated mummy movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, that's what that I goes. would like to go back because I feel like it's tainted. Now I mm. want to tell my listeners one thing. One difference between your list and my list is you've been putting this list together over the course of the podcast. That's true. I put it together today. <laughs> So there's kind of some of it me does change like, things. Yeah, yeah, it does. It, it does because I, I, it's me reflecting back on it. What are my thoughts? Am I forgetting things? Mm-hmm. Which is very possible. <laughs> I think Mummy's Tomb probably deserves to go maybe a little bit higher. Um, mm-hmm. I'll concede that. I don't know if top ten, just because. Fair enough. Fair enough. Ju- just because 
Uh, what do you about think about? She, did you say She Wolf of London yeah. deserves to be in top ten? So here's what I'll say: I'll say they just barely are not in my top ten, and that She Wolf of London and the Creature Walks Among Us, I'd put those in the top ten, Ooh. which I think makes six, right? Okay. And then I would put we both put Frankenstein meets the Wolfman was our number ten. That's probably seven. I think you have to put Dracula in there. You have to put Frankenstein in there. And I would put Creature of the Black Lagoon from the Black Lagoon. That's so low on your list that we'd probably have to go with something like the Invisible Man uh, to round off our top ten. Yeah, we probably would. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So interesting, interesting um, kind of divergences there. But honestly, the divergences... I don't know. They don't feel as drastic, maybe, as they did in some of our Godzilla takes, right? Um, I was just having, I had uh, a friend of mine, well, Hunter Jelf, he's been on the MVM Plus before, texted me that he just watched Final Wars for the first time. Oh. And he despised it. Good, good on you. Good on you, man. What a loser. What a loser. (laughs) So we had some strong opinions about Godzilla. I'm I'm not as quite as opinionated about these films because I I think a lot goes into the situation that you're kind of viewing the film from, right? Yeah. It just depends on it's it's a little bit different. Like you have to be in the right mindset to watch some of these films. Um, and that's not a slight on them. It's just the reality of older films. You can't just go in and turn your mind off. Um, it just doesn't. It doesn't work that way. At least for me, it doesn't. And so, it lots of it depends on the sort of mood that I'm in while watching it. And I would I would concede that I don't think this is an objective list by any means. This is a completely subjective list. And I think we can, we can agree that these are t- ten of the top Universal films. Um, that we've seen. I agree. I agree. And I'm like you. I don't... I think for people... I don't know why anyone would listen to this episode. Uh, unless they just haven't watched any of the movies. And they're just like us, of course. But mm-hmm. you do, you're do. you right. You do have to be in a mindset. The good thing about these movies is that they're short, right? So you don't really have to dip your toe. You can dip your toe in the water. You're not having to commit a full thing, especially for the earlier ones that are just over an hour long. Mm-hmm. I think they're super accessible, super easy for people to get into. Um, the later ones do require a little bit more of an investment. Um, yeah. But I, I think that there are, especially in our top 10, I do recommend people really dive into it. But I think if I were to recommend one of these to anybody, yeah. and I think you and me kind of, mentioned this maybe in our underrated section. Well, we mentioned it somewhere, but I think for me, I would recommend Phantom of the Opera to most people. Mm. That's great. Yeah, good one. Good choice. <laughs> I think my first recommendation Ooh. would be The Bride of Frankenstein. Um, and then we'll go from there. Really? You would want them to skip the first one and just go straight into the second one? I think so. Yeah. You know, and I just thought maybe she Wolf of London. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe she will. <laughs> I don't know. She will of London. It kind of has. It's a unique one in here. I'm not going to spoil it. If you haven't watched it yet, go watch it. But it's a unique film in this pantheon for a very yes. specific reason that you need to watch the film to find out. Um, I will say for anybody interested, 
I just did my ranking without the three extra films that I've watched, um, where they would actually fit. The highest of the three extra films, so The Hunchback of Notre Dame and uh, Spanish Dracula and the silent version of Phantom of the Opera, my highest rated one of those was The Hunchback of Notre Dame, which came in at number 10. Um, Spanish Dracula came in at 16, lower than English Dracula, by Hmm. the way. I know there's debate there uh, between which is the better one. I personally think that Spanish Dracula doesn't quite live up to English Dracula, though it is very interesting. And then let's see. um, Last one was Phantom of the Opera, Silent. That one's actually a little bit higher than Spanish Dracula. That one's at 14. But I actually like the other, the one that we reviewed, Phantom of the Opera, better. That one made both of our top tens. Definitely Mm. a recommendation from us. Go check that out. Go check Dracula's daughter out. Go check She Wolf of London, <laughs> The Bride of Frankenstein. You won't be you won't be disappointed if you take oh The Mummy's Tomb, Mummy's Tomb. You gotta yeah, you gotta watch. It's great. Give it a <laughs> those shot. Those are the ones I'm like. Give those a shot if you haven't yet. We know you've seen Frankenstein. We know you've seen The Wolfman. Probably Dracula. Mm-hmm. Go see some of these other ones if you haven't yet, and it will be worth your time. Definitely. Now, Eric, do you want to hear my quick revised top ten? Yeah, go ahead. All right. Uh, 10 is Frankenstein meets the Wolfman still, then Frankenstein, Dracula. Then at 7, I put the Wolfman, because you're right. We talked about it, and we found it really interesting when we talked about it. And then really the other big change for me is, well, we've got Creature Walks Among Us at 6, so I still have that up there in my top 10. And then the Invisible Man at 5, Bride of Frankenstein at 4, and then my top 3 are the exact same. So That's fair. That's fair. Mm. Pretty, and that gets a lot closer to mine at that point. Yeah, I think it does too, a little bit. Yeah. And I agree. I agree with that. Cool. <laughs> um, well, next week, Alex, we do start our new series with The Predator, right? Yeah, boy. So, no, no, no. We, no, we don't start it. <laughs> I don't know why I'm doing that tonight. It's so yeah, weird. Please. Anyway, but it's going to be my new catchphrase. No. <laughs> No, it's not. It ends after this episode. We have a meeting about it. <laughs> um, so, no, it's not the Predator. We start with Alien. Oh, do we? Yes. Okay, cool. I, I couldn't. I honestly couldn't even remember which one came first. Alien comes first. Okay. Yeah, Alien comes Great. first because it came out, I believe Alien came out in the 70s, and right. Predator didn't start till the 80s. That's right. It's actually like Alien and Aliens before we get to Predator. Correct. That's great. All right. Cool. Well, we will jump into that. I'll have more details about what that looks like next week. We are going to go in chronological order, putting both of these series together because they do eventually intermesh. Uh, So I I am excited about that uh, quite a bit. It's going to be a really fun series. Yeah. And of course we have already reviewed prey a couple weeks ago. So go check that out. Um, I'll probably give it a rewatch before our recap episode, you know, culminating both of these series. Um, But uh, yeah, yeah, man, I can't, I can't wait. I will say on MVM plus today for this week's MVM plus, we did have John Freeman on executive producer and he asked an interesting question. Uh, if we put the Predator up against the Universal Monsters, which would win? 
and we get into the weeds with that one. Oh my god! Uh, but that's over there on Patreon <laughs> uh, at patreon.com forward slash MVM pod. But as always, thank you for listening to Monsters vs. Men. You can leave us feedback on this episode at mvmpod.com or email us at mvmpod at gmail.com. You can also follow us and message us on Twitter and Instagram at mvm underscore pod. Become a bargain basement at patreon.com forward slash mvmpod and receive weekly bonus content, including special reviews, interviews, and host, ch- host chats. Monsters vs. Men is produced by Alex Cornett. Executive producers are Kevin Alexander, Faye Sear, Christopher Clavero, John Freeman, and Michael Herndon. Special thanks to our wives, comma, Rock Band for PlayStation 3, which forms Subblock B, Louie Loop, Senior Honda, Drew the Collector, our Instagram connector, and you, the listener, for listening. Until next time, don't put the creature walks among us in your top ten. <laughs> and try, try to, to stay, stay alive. alive. That's great advice. Unless you're me, of course. You have created a monster and it will destroy you. It was a monster mash, monster mash.